President, we have a national emergency. This is one of the things that we can shoot first and ask questions later. Uh, normally you can't do that. All of a sudden these trees started moving out of the way. They parted for me. And then I came out into this opening and there where I saw Jesus Christ. Welcome to End Time News. I'm your host, W. Dean Shook, bringing you the news the mainstream media is never going to bring you. And don't forget, you can download the mobile app for End Time News for iPhone and Android at Google Play or the App Store, or you can download it straight from the website at wdeanshook.com. Don't forget, you can always listen to at the player on wdeanshook.com where you'll also find all of the stories posted so you can get the rest of the story. We've got some breaking news that I wasn't going to report originally because I couldn't confirm it. Now, it has been confirmed. This, according to WND, two U.S. agencies warn of an imminent ISIS attack out of Washington while the FBI investigates a possible ISIS terror attack on the basis of intercepted chatter and intelligence information, the TSA issued a classified warning that ISIS is planning an attack on U.S. soil. Little is known about the nature of the attack other than its eminence, which has prompted the TSA to deploy its new Visible Intermodal Prevention and Response Team, or VIPER, to various undisclosed locations. The Viper team included airports, train stations, and other busy transportation hubs. One law enforcement source suggested parts of California were of special concern. As a result of the FBI warning, some cities have increased security as a precaution, but those cities have not been disclosed. The TSA classified warning was issued Friday, the FBI investigation was confirmed Saturday. While ISIS has warned repeatedly that it planned to target the U.S., this is the first time the U.S. intelligence community has acted on what it perceives to be a viable, if general, threat. So far, ISIS has only attacked U.S. targets abroad. Now, I wasn't able to confirm this report, and I had no intention of bringing it to you until two days later, Breitbart confirms it by saying... ISIS threat reported in California officials deny the threat to LAX. Federal law enforcement and homeland security officials are reportedly stepping up security due to an ISIS-related terror threat. 
This, according to CNN, the boosted security was reportedly prompted by the intercept chatter and intelligence information that suggested part of the state could be in danger. However, another federal official told Reuters there was no specific threat to LAX airport, as earlier reports of the ISIS threat had seemed to suggest. Peter Bugard, spokesman for the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, did confirm that some adjustments were being made to the security arrangements to reflect what he calls an evolving threat picture. He did not confirm or deny details about California, however. In recent weeks, you've seen renewed fears of ISIS infiltration into the U.S. across the Mexican border and throughout other ports of entry as ISIS has encouraged terror attacks in the heart of Western nations. As we have reported many times before, it's proven that ISIS, Hezbollah, Boko Haram, other terrorist groups cross our borders all the time. Well, it looks like transgender is the new push to call what is right wrong and what is wrong right. And the mainstream media is pushing this full speed ahead. You know, Michelle Obama was right when she praised the mainstream media for being able to form the American people's opinion. They see themselves as having the power to make you think what they want you to think. And the sheeple just seem to fall in line. Another one from Breitbart says NBC champions children's gender confusion on April 21st and 22nd. NBC ran a two-part series revolving around transgender children that featured its correspondent Kate Snow interviewing pediatrician Michelle Forcier, associate professor of pediatrics at Brown University. Forcier was honored by the Center for Sexual Pleasure and Health as its Hump Day Hero, and she advocates early puberty intervention for kids who think they should be the opposite sex. Interviewed by Snow, Forcier said parents should move quickly if they see signs of gender confusion, asserting, in fact, what I say the biggest harm to do is nothing. That wasn't news for Forcier. The Center for Sexual Pleasure and Health, the group claims it fights to reduce sexual shame and boasts it has the largest handmade vulva doorframe in America, has already incited a statement from Forcier in 2012. She said, I have interest in early puberty interventions, including puberty blockers and initiating puberty in the asserted, not assigned gender, if youth and families are ready to go forward with a transition plan. And part of this push also reported by Politico says that America now has an LGBT envoy. When officials at the State Department began mulling the notion of creating a special LGBT envoy, there was some trepidation. A few worries that designated an envoy expressly for the purpose of promoting the rights of gays, bisexuals, transgenders around the world, according to a state employee involved in the process, wondered if including LGBT in the title would hurt the envoy's ability to get meetings with senior officials in countries like Uganda and Russia, where gays have been increasingly come under legal attack. In February... Veteran U.S. diplomat Randy Berry was named to the carefully titled position of America's Special Envoy for the Human Rights of LGBT Persons, and it's clear he has no intention of being isolated either at state or by any state. 
In 2011, when Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State, the President issued a directive aimed at making gay rights a priority in the Foreign Service. U.S. diplomats are encouraged to fight the criminalization of homosexuality overseas, provide special help to gays and lesbian refugees, and other financial assistance to gay rights advocates, among other initiatives. And gay right activists and state employees say talk of an appointment of LGBT envoy began gathering steam in 2012. It was clear that John Kerry, who took over as Secretary of State in 2013, would support the idea. Although there was a Democratic-led effort in Congress in 2014 to pass a bill requiring state to designate LGBT envoy, the Obama administration ultimately decided to create the position on its own. Supporters say they'd still like to see Congress enshrine the position in law, though few believe that a future president would scrap it. Requests for comment from leading 2016 GOP presidential hopefuls about whether they would keep the position were ignored, declined, or not directly answered. However, it seems a political correctness only goes so far, or for the things that they like, because according to ChristianHeadlines.com, a court rules that killing Jews is worship to be allowed on buses. Adds the read, killing Jews is worship that draws us close to Allah, will be allowed on New York City buses. After a court ruling, the ads, which were called offensive by a judge, were deemed acceptable due to First Amendment protections. Christian Today reports the ads were made by the American Freedom Defense Initiative, or the AFDI. It's a group who acts against the treason being committed by national, state, and local government officials. Also, the mainstream media and others in their capitulation to global jihad and Islamic supremacy. The ever-ending, encroaching, and unconstitutional power of the federal government and the rapidly moving attempts to impose socialism and Marxism on the American people, they say the New York Metropolitan Transport Authority, argued the ads were demeaning and savage. Ultimately, John Judge Cottle said the MTA officials underestimate the tolerant quality of New Yorkers and overestimate the political impact of these fleeting advertisements. Moreover, there's no evidence that seeing one of these advertisements on the back of a bus would be sufficient to trigger a violent reaction. Therefore, the ads, offensive as they may be, are still entitled to First Amendment protection, he concluded. I'm sure if it was a Christian saying, it wouldn't be entitled to those protections. Well, and reported by WND only eight short years from now, immigrants will make up a record high 14.8% of the total U.S. population and longtime conservative leader Phyllis Shafley views the rising tide of newcomers as a purposeful attack on the country by the nation's own president. She said in an interview, it's deliberate. It's not any accident. It's because Obama and his friends are letting all these people in who don't want to be Americans and don't want to speak English. The Census Bureau projected last month that the U.S. immigration population, legal and illegal, will total a record 51 million in 2023. At that point, one in seven U.S. residents will be an immigrant. By 2060, nearly one in five U.S. residents will be an immigrant. And the total U.S. population will be 417 million, 108 million more than in 2010. 
said we may be closer than we suspect because Obama is on a fast track to change the voting demographics of this country by importing tens of millions of Democrat voters from South America and so on so we could reach a tipping point within a few years, he said. We've got a large percentage of people who are not Americans. They don't want to be Americans. They're not assimilating. They want to keep their culture. They want to keep their language. They don't know our history and not interested in it. And I guess that raises the question, can you put the toothpaste back in the tube? There's something for us to think about. And a couple days ago, I was quickly corrected by uh, two emails I got from some listeners in China who directed me to a story that I'm about to correct something that I said last week when I said that I thought maybe the uh, Chinese officials were starting to lighten up a little bit on the Chinese Christians, and it seems I was very wrong. I'm going to correct that right now. And this is going to start with what is driving the kidnapping trend in China. Christian Headlines is reporting most parents, when they travel with young children, take along a few things to make the journey easier. Juice packs, a Game Boy, a few cookies. But when one Chinese father travels with his little girl, he takes along handcuffs. The father, whose name is Chen Yin, took his six-year-old daughter to visit her grandparents during China's recent spring festival. At a train station, a photographer noticed that he had handcuffed himself to his child. The photographer snapped a picture, and it quickly went viral. As Mr. Chen told the Daily Mail, I saw a warning by police to take care as traffickers and pickpockets would be stealing in the holiday rush. I don't care about pickpockets, he said. I do care very much about losing my daughter. Mr. Chen has good reason to worry. An astonishing 70,000 children are kidnapped by gangs every year in China. The kidnappings are fueled by China's one-child policy, which restricts couples to just one baby. Given China's cultural preferences for boys, many couples abort female babies leading to a huge disparity between the sexes. China now has some 33 million more men than women. Many of these men are desperate for wives, desperate enough to pay a gang to kidnap a bride for them. The one-child policy also means that far fewer children are available for adoption by couples who are unable to have their own babies. The perfectly normal desire to become a parent is contributing to a huge number of child abductions. The drastic measures parents must take to protect their children, according to Chuck Colson, was right. Worldview Matters said China's secular communist outlook denies the sanctity of every human life and undermines and seeks to control the basic building blocks of civilization. That is, the family. And the social consequences are dramatic and tragic. Sad to say, American parents are also enduring the consequences of a culture that has largely rejected a biblical worldview. The result is many Americans are just as afraid for their safety of their children as are the Chinese, not because of the one-child policy, but because of sexual predators. Parents worry about children predators befriending their kids over the Internet. Most wouldn't dream of allowing their children to visit a nearby park without adult supervision. They're afraid that those who traffic in children may come to their neighborhoods. 
After all, the U.S. government estimates that some 300,000 children are at risk. of What drives sexual attacks on children? Well, pornography is certainly a main contributor. According to the National Coalition Against Pornography, virtually every pedophile consumes hardcore porn. As a spokesman for the International Center for Missing and Exploited Children noted, not everyone who reads porn acts out against children, but everyone who acts out against children certainly does view porn. Many people claim that pornography harms nobody while they're wrong, and our culture's acceptance of it has come at a very high price. And sticking with China... China is sentencing of Christians exploded more than 10,000%. That's right, I got that number right. 10,000% from 2013 to 2014. According to a new report from China's Aid Association, this is an organization that exposes religious freedom and human rights abuses. The group's annual report notes that it tracks six categories of religious persecution, since it's obtained information directly from Christians inside China, most of its information concerns the Christian house church movement. The years of persecution and endurance, report said persecution rose, sometimes dramatically, in all six categories studied. For example, the number of citizens that are sentenced for belief rose from 12 in 2013 to 1,274 in 2014, that's up 10,516%. The organization collected information on 572 cases of religious persecution, an increase of 300%. Of the 17,884 people who were persecuted for their religion, more than 1,592 were church leaders, which represented a 140% increase over the previous year. The 2,994 people who were detained constituted an increase of 103% over the previous year. The CPC sentenced 1,274 people, which is a dramatic jump over 2013. China Aid reported, comparing the data in the above six categories, total number of religious persecution cases, total number of people persecuted for their religion, number of people detained, number of people sentenced, total number of severe abuse cases, and the number of individuals in severe abuse cases, the overall situation of persecution can be statistically represented as being 152.74% worse than in 2013, 250% worse than in 2012. 296% worse than in 2011, and 465% worse than in 2010. And how much is it up over 2009? 549%. How about 2008? It is up 673%. The missions organization reported outlined factors that contributed to the intensifying of persecution, including demolition campaign that inside one province, targets both house churches and government-registered patriotic movement churches, claims to seek to eradicate illegal structures, the campaign in reality indiscriminately removes and demolishes crosses on church and buildings, and in many cases, demolishes the entire church building, regardless of whether the building had been previously approved by the Chinese government. 
and it seems that so-called cult activists also drew the wrath of government. I'm going to take a short break here. When I come back, we're going to talk about uh, some new pestilence that seems to be coming out of Minnesota. And I'm only really reporting this because it's coming out of Minnesota with uh, all of the Somalis that we're importing. Uh, not sure there's a connection there, but it looks kind of funny to me. And I'm going to report how they're going to take away your right to choose whether or not you get to vaccinate your children. And Hillary Clinton says that in the name of abortion, America needs to change our belief system. All of this coming up. I'll be right back. You're listening to End Time News. Hi, folks. Have you noticed the federal government and police departments are using drones for everything? Drones are expensive. They're hard to fly. It can take up to a week just to learn to make a drone hover. Not anymore. There's a new generation of drones that are not only affordable, but very easy to fly. Now, you can have your own personal drone, anything from a micro mini that'll fit in the palm of your hand, right up to a full-scale model, 10 inches in diameter like the model I have, the V949 Pro. Comes with a 6-axis, 4-rotor blade, and an HD 2.4 camera mounted on the bottom. These drones are made of a space-age polymer. They're durable, and don't worry about crashing your drone. Replacement blades for this drone from the website are only $1.80 for a pack of four. That's right, I said $1.80 for a pack of four replacement blades. You can also get an extra long life battery. This battery allows you up to a half hour of fly time with a maximum speed of 40 miles an hour. Have your own personal drone, and you can get all of this for under $70. If you go to the website, wdeanshook.com, and click on the banner on the webpage, you can get from 7 to 22% off your personal drone. It's shipped as a kit. You can be up and flying your own personal drone with an HD camera within a half hour. Come to the webpage, wdeanshook.com. Click on that banner and get your discount today, wdeanshook.com. that plan, of course, is to induce the gradual surrender of American sovereignty, piece by piece and step by step, to various international organizations of which the United Nations is the outstanding but far from the only example. Now, here are the aims for the United States. One, greatly expanded government spending for every conceivable means of getting rid of ever larger sums of American money as wastefully as possible. Two, higher and then much higher taxes. Three, an increasingly unbalanced budget despite the higher taxes. Four, wild inflation of our currency. Five, 
government controls of prices, wages, and materials, supposedly to combat inflation. Six, greatly increased socialistic controls over every operation of our economy and every activity of our daily lives. This is to be accompanied naturally and automatically by a correspondingly huge increase in the size of our bureaucracy and in both the cost and reach of our domestic government. Seven, far more centralization of power in Washington and the practical elimination of our state lines. There is a many-faceted drive at work to have our state lines eventually mean no more within the nation than our county lines do now within the states. Eight, the steady advance of federal aid to and control over our educational system, leading to complete federalization of our public education. Nine, a constant hammering into the American consciousness of the horror of modern warfare, the beauties and the absolute necessity of peace, peace always on communist terms, of course. And ten, the consequent willingness of the American people to allow the steps of appeasement by our government, which amount to a piecemeal surrender of the rest of the free world and of the United States itself. GoDaddy offers everything you need to make a name for yourself on the web, from domain names and website builders to complete e-commerce solutions. We've earned our place as the world's number one accredited domain registrar by delivering world-class products at competitive prices and support them with industry-best services delivered 24-7, 365. We're proud to serve our customers from locations around the world. Sign up now at wdstrip.com and get your domain name as low as $5.99 a year. Sign up now at wdshook.com. Go, Daddy. Go, Daddy. Do you think the media is biased? Maybe they're leaving something out, or there's something they're not telling you. Now, you have a source for the truth in the news. W. Dean Shook, End Time News. Your connection to the signs of the times. Thank you for allowing me that break. I appreciate that very much. You know, it seems with all of these Somalis that we're bringing into Minnesota, hundreds of thousands of them, bringing them in without background checks, Minnesota, a very liberal state, brings the refugees in. They give them food stamps and welfare and a place to live. So these Somalis can return to Somalia and conduct terrorist attacks, some joining ISIS, and then come back to their cushy homes, thanks to the taxpayers. And then they call on attacks for the Mall of America located in Minneapolis. So when something comes up that seems a little suspicious in Minnesota, I'm not saying there's a connection because I don't know. But it seems a little suspicious to me, and I find it worth reporting. Minnesota declares bird flu emergency and offers drugs to workers. Minnesota's state of emergency because of bird flu, which struck more than 40 poultry farms in the state. The state's also offering the anti-flu drug Tamiflu to workers who've handled the dead and dying birds just to make sure they didn't catch it too. H5N2 bird flu has spread to a dozen U.S. states. 
It can kill chickens and turkeys quickly. Once a flock is infected, all the birds must be slaughtered and destroyed. More than 7 million U.S. birds have been slaughtered because of the virus, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Poultry producers have been advised on ways to protect their flocks. Experts believe the virus is being carried by waterfowl migrating from Asia. Many birds carry the H5N2 without getting sick. In Minnesota, about 87 people have been identified who might have handled sick birds. Christine Esserman, infectious disease specialist at the Minnesota Department of Health, told NBC News she said 70 of them had agreed to take a course of Tamiflu, an antiviral drug that can prevent human influenza. So the advice from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention is to take the drug just in case. There's no reason for anybody in the state of Minnesota to be concerned about their own health or that of their children, according to Governor Mark Dayton, as he said at a news conference. The infected birds will be destroyed by a composting process. All poultry for sale will be tested first, according to Dayton and other officials. However, Valley News Live is reporting that scientists fear the avian flu could become airborne. As Governor Mark Dayton declared a state of emergency related to the bird flu outbreak in Minnesota, one infected farm is just east of Holly, Minnesota. At Bear Brothers Company, an initial test for the virus came back presumably positive. The USDA still has to confirm the positive test results. As we wait to find out about the fate of 300,000 chickens at the Bear Valley Farms, they said it's carried by migratory waterfowl. That's the way everybody caught it. We're in the Midwest Flyway, and the birds flying south to north carry it, he says. But for years, scientists have been realizing we probably live on a fault line, so to speak. The H2N5 virus has morphed a little bit and is now being able to be transported airborne. When something becomes airborne, it's easy to catch as the common cold. Like when you sneeze. Even if you don't see anything out in front of you, there are germs out there. And this is a germed-based pathogen. And wind can pick it up. We've had a lot of wind lately, a lot of south wind, he explains. If that turns out to be the case, could H2N5 be blowing in the wind from farm to farm across Minnesota or even state lines? That's the fear. Kajar says, I mean, it's at this point, it's just a theory, but biosecurity hasn't stopped this from going from one farm to another. So in the case of Bear Farm, they're very good. They've explained procedures. They have excellent procedures, fantastic businessmen, but this has not prevented a big outbreak like this. Now, I've got a story here that's raised a question for me. Is it coincidence that we seem to be getting the effect response solution scenario you know where a crisis is created that's the effect then the crisis provokes a response by the people then the government steps in with the solution that they wanted all along with the report of avian flu being airborne all of a sudden out of los angeles the new york times is reporting a bill requiring vaccination of children advances in california los angeles a bill that would require nearly all children in California to be vaccinated by eliminating the personal belief exemption advanced through the state legislature on Wednesday. Though it still has several hurdles to clear, if approved, 
California would become one of only three states that require all parents to vaccinate their children as a condition of going to school unless there's a medical reason not to do so. Under the bill, introduced after a measles outbreak that began in Disneyland, parents who refuse to vaccinate their children on philosophical or religious reasons would have to educate their children at home. The legislation prompted a rolling debate in Sacramento at last week's hundreds of people protested at the Capitol, arguing that it infringed on their rights and it would be unfair to shut their children out of school. Well, last Wednesday... The legislation stalled in the state education committee as lawmakers said they were concerned that too many students would be forced into homeschooling. This Wednesday, however, the bill passed the committee after its authors tweaked it, adding amendments that would exempt the definition of homeschoolers to allow multiple family members to join together to teach their children or participate in independent study programs ran by public schools. And I still have trouble reconciling how women can say that no one can tell them what they can do with their body when it comes to abortion. But when it comes to vaccines, all of a sudden, the state can tell you what you can and can't do with your body. Well, and also being reported out of the Washington Post, religious vaccination exemptions will completely end in Australia. Australians will no longer be able to claim a religious exemption for child vaccinations and still be eligible for certain government benefits. Officials announced Sunday the new policy impacts one group in particular, Christian scientists, which had the only official exemption from vaccinations. The exemption in place since 1998 is no longer current or necessary, will therefore be removed. Australia's Social Service Minister Scott Morrison said in a statement, Having been informed, the religion is not advising members to avoid vaccinating their children and following engagement with members. The government no longer sees the exemption is current and the authorization for this exemption has been withdrawn. Under the new Australian policy dubbed No Jab, No Pay, Parents who do not have their children's vaccinated could stand to lose as much as $11,000 yearly in welfare benefits. CNN reported the Australian government will no longer receive applications from religious groups seeking vaccine exemptions. Australia has 39,000 children who are not vaccinated because their parents are conscientious objectors. ABC Australia reported children can still be exempt from vaccines for medical reasons, but that's all. And since we're on the subject of Australia, here's one that I figured everyone should see. This is probably going to go global in no time at all. According to Breitbart News, Australia Islamic School bans girls from running for fear of losing their virginity. What? Losing their virginity? Omar Halleck, the principal of the al Tawik College in Australia, banned girls from running in school. The principal hold beliefs that if females run excessively, they may lose their virginity. This, according to a former teacher, the principal believes that there's a scientific evidence to indicate that girls injure themselves such as break their leg while playing soccer, it could render them infertile. A teacher claimed Halleck forced the female cross-country team to cancel appearances in district events in 2013 and 14. Yet the same team trained at another school that encouraged female students 
to take part in any sport or event that they want. The teacher said, I was told girls weren't allowed to participate. The reason was they might overexert themselves and lose their virginity or be rendered infertile. This is not the first controversy concerning Halleck. In March, he told his students not to join the Islamic State because it's a plot by Western countries. He did not tell them not to join because it's a radical Islamic group responsible for genocide and war crimes. He said they're trained and equipped by them, that's America. The evidence is all over in shiny new equipment, he maintained. We don't believe Muslims are creating ISIS. The speech forced Federal Education Minister Christopher Pine to confront Halleck, especially since the principal also told students that Israel did not exist and Jews were horrible people. A teacher told Pine that Halleck betrayed her for drawing stars on the board for good work. You're not allowed to draw stars. So how many people listen to this program are Christian and plan on voting for Hillary? Well, according to WND, Hillary says we need to change the religious belief of our nation. White House hopeful Hillary Clinton called for big changes in American culture, saying religious beliefs need to be overhauled in order to make way for birth control, abortion, and women's health care. Here's a clip of what she said. We've cut the maternal mortality rate in half, but far too many women are still denied critical access to reproductive health care and safe childbirth. All the laws we've passed don't count for much if they're not enforced. Rights have to exist in practice, not just on paper. Laws have to be backed up with resources and political will, and deep-seated cultural codes, religious beliefs, and structural biases have to be changed. What? Deep-seated cultural codes, religious beliefs, and structural biases have to be changed. Went on to defend illegal immigrants, slammed those who offered themselves as leaders who would deport mothers working to give their children a better life, rather than risk the ire of talk radio. She said, we move forward. When gay and transgendered women are embraced in our colleagues and friends, not fired from their job because of who they love, we move forward when women come into this country in search of a better life and can earn a path to citizenship. And she slammed Hobby Lobby for its legal battle over the Obamacare mandate, which would have forced the Christian-owned company to provide its employees with contraception coverage. There are those who offer themselves as leaders, who see nothing wrong with denying women equal pay, who offer themselves as leaders who could defund the country's leading provider of family planning and want to let health care insurance companies once again charge women just because of our gender, she said. Wow, could she be any more left? This is a good glimpse into the Democratic Party because they say she's the Democratic frontrunner. This is what they want? Let me give you a little history about Hillary. Hillary Rodham was a student at Wellesley in 1969. She interviewed Saul Alinsky and wrote her thesis on Saul Alinsky's theories and methods. She concluded her thesis by writing, Alinsky is regarded by many as the proponent of a dangerous psychopolitical philosophy. As such, he has been feared, just as Eugene Debs or Walt Whitman or Martin Luther King has been feared. 
because each embraced the most radical of political faiths, democracy. Well, Saul Alinsky, the author of Rules for Radicals, offered Hillary a job on graduation from Wellesley, but she declined and attended Yale Law School, where she met her husband, Bill. So to understand why Obama and Hillary do what they do, you need to be familiar with the vision that Alinsky delineated in his book. Now, Alinsky, who is Obama and Hillary's hero, says this, and I'm quoting, Politics is all about power relations, but to advance one's power, one must couch one's position in the language of morality. Community organizers are political realists. They see the world as it is, an arena of power political movement primarily by perceived self-interests, where morality is rhetorical, rational, for expedient action and self-interest. There is only three kind of people in the world, rich and powerful oppressors, the poor and disenfranchised oppressed, and the middle class whose apathy perpetuates the status quo. Olensky goes on to say, the world as it is, is a rather simple world. From this perspective, the world consists of but three kinds of people, the haves, the have-nots, and the have-a-little-want-mores, the haves possessing as they do all of the power, money, food, security, and luxury, resist the change necessary to relieve the have-nots of the poverty, rotten housing, disease, ignorance, political impotence, and despair from which they suffer. The have-a-littles want more that will call the middle class. Alinsky believes this group is the genesis of creativity. He also claims it supplies the world with its do-nothings, the do-nothings are those who profess a commitment to social change for ideas and justice, equality, and opportunity, but then abstain from the disclosure and effect from action and change. Alinsky's remarks that in spite of the reputable appearance, the do-nothings are actually invidious. This being so, they are resistant to change. And here's the one that's critical. According to Saul Alinsky, author of Rules for Radicals and Hillary Clinton's Heroes, says there can be no conversation between the organizer and his opponents. The latter must be depicted as being evil. Now pay close attention to this. If the compulsion to agitate makes it sound as if the organizer is disinclined to converse with those with whom he disagrees, that is because, well, he is. Linsky is blunt on this point. He says you don't communicate with anyone purely on the rational facts or ethics of an issue. Remember what Hillary said? This clip demonstrates that. We were misled that there was supposedly protest and then something sprang out of that, an assault sprang out of that. And that was easily ascertained I, that that was not the fact. But, but, and the American know, people could have known that within days, and, and they, they didn't know that. With all due respect, the fact is we had four dead Americans. Was it because of a protest or was it because of guys out for a walk one night who decided they'd go kill some Americans? What difference at this point does it make? You don't communicate with anyone purely on the rational facts or ethics of an issue. He says it is true that moral rationalization is indispensable, that the organizer must clothe one's goals with strategies and moral arguments. And he says again, but there can be no conversation with one's opponents 
for to converse with them is to humanize them. The organizer's objective is to demonize those who stand in the way of his designs for change. The reason for this is simple. Men will act when they are convinced that their cause is 100% on the side of angels and the opposition is 100% on the side of the devil. The organizer knows there can be no action until issues are polarized to this degree. So let's keep in mind here, as all of these Hillary scandals unfold, this is her foundation of activism. This is the idea that Obama uses, and it's the strategy and foundation that Hillary uses. If you remember these key issues, the things she does in the future will make much more sense in light of these principles. Remember, she wrote her college thesis on Saul Alinsky, author of Rules for Radicals. And in light of all of this hard news, let me go out with something that's a little bit lighter, but equally unbelievable. This according to Yahoo News. Ford, GM, and others want to make working on your own car illegal. I'm not kidding. One of the inherent rights of owning a vehicle is the ability to get on one's backside with a wrench and a grease rag in your hand and just tinker to your little heart's desire. Since the vehicle was invented, it's been an important facet within the community of gearheads. General Motors, the same company that's responsible for 87 deaths related to faulty ignition switches, wants to take the ride away from you, citing safety concerns and security issues along with other big names. And they want to use a law called the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Now, it's been around since 2000. It started as an anti-internet piracy legislation. But automakers want to use it to try to make working on your own car illegal. Yes, illegal. The general premise is that unlike cars in the past, today's vehicles are so advanced, use such a large amount of software and coding in their general makeup, altering said code could be dangerous and possibly even malicious. Listing the vehicle as a mobile computing device, the law would hypothetically protect automakers from pesky owners looking in to alter any sort of technology in the vehicle that relates to the onboard computer. Flashing your ECU would be a big no-no, which could also lead to all sorts of problems for aftermarket shops. When GM and even tractor companies like John Deere argues that you, as an owner, don't actually own your car, rather you're just sort of borrowing it for an extended amount of time and paying for the right to use the technology. Now, if this sounds ridiculous, it is, but it even gets more ridiculous. According to the Electronic Frontier Foundation, John Deere argued that letting people modify car computer systems will result in them pirating music through the onboard entertainment system. That's right. John Deere says you're going to be pirating music through your tractor. The DMCA does give it a little bit of leeway, though. While the act would hypothetically lock customers out of key safety features, it would still allow owners the ability to repair other areas of the vehicle's onboard security computer as they see fit. It's a slim compromise, but one that may be closely based on reality. As it currently sits, there are 13 large automakers on the list supporting the DMCA. They want to, would you like to know who they are? Of course you would. 
General Motors, BMW, FCA US, Ford Motor Company, Jaguar, Mazda, Mercedes, Mitsubishi, Porsche, Toyota, Volkswagen, and Volvo. Ironically, one of the brands that relies mostly on technology and vehicles is Tesla Motors, who is not in support of the DMCA, while other American companies like GM, Ford, and Chrysler all agree that working on your own vehicle should be punishable by law. My goodness, soon programs like mine will be punishable by law. And you can email me at contact at wdeanshook.com. The homepage is wdeanshook, where you will find all of these stories posted. You can also download the End Time News mobile app right from the website. You can also listen to the online player. You can hear it any time from the website. And as usual, when the dust settles and the smoke clears, I'll be back with more Truth in the News. I'll see you next time. Thank you. You can get these full stories and more at wdeanshook.com. That's wdeanshook.com.